Hello, and welcome to episode three of 35 Minutes with Gabe Malika. You clicked on my face, so you already know that I'm Gabe Malika. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I got some really nice messages after the first episode, and then that was ramped up to a big number after the second episode because people love Brandon Seneca. He's like LL Cool J, LL Peason. Ladies love, you guys get it. But it was cool to see all that reaction. I think it was fun to have somebody on the podcast who, I think it was his first podcast, I don't know. But I like that. I like getting, I like having folks who might not normally be on a podcast, who when you search their name in the podcast, this is the only one that comes up. That's sort of exciting. It was cool also to have a group of flute players, a a collection of of flautists, a a gathering, a flock, if you will, a flock of flautists gathered on my Instagram to commemorate their time together in band. That was fun. I appreciated that. I got a lot of a lot of DMs from random random people from my life. So that's really nice to to talk to you guys. Feel free to do that. The podcast does not have nearly enough listeners for me to blow you off. So that was our first two episodes. Go back and listen to them if you haven't. It's Michael Breslin from the theater company Circle Jerk and Brandon Seneca from Stewart School currently and formerly the Garden City High School marching band. We are. Our third guest today is quite the guest, if I do say so myself. It is Emily Mengus, professional soccer player, humanist, writer, thinker, creative person. It was really great to catch up. This is another person I hadn't talked to really in about 10 years. Emily's, we do have a connection. We have several connections, but one of them besides going to high school together, which is what Emily is most known for, that we had stats together, is that Emily's like whole family went to Hamilton College to the point where I think it, I believe it even extends into her grandparents. So it's not just that her parents went there and uh, two of her brothers went there. Uh, I believe we're going into grand, grandparent territory. Though it must be grandpa's because it was an all men's college until relatively recently. But yeah, the men guy, I went to college with two men guy and they're both sweet boys. If you're listening, hello. Andrew and Jake. Uh, They're both sweet boys. I like them very much. And talking to Emily was a real delight. She's as thoughtful and as kind and as interesting as I anticipated she would be after a 10-year layoff. We talk about women's soccer, where it's going, her career, when she knew she was good. As an athlete, what's her relationship to her body? All the things that I just wanted to know as a person who mostly just writes jokes and doesn't move. So we're going to get into that in one second, but I I do want to make one announcement and then one, I got to read some ads. The first announcement is that my Instagram TV show, Gabe Time, is out. It came out, if you're listening to this, the day this comes out, Thursday, it came out yesterday. And the idea behind it was that it was a John Oliver daily show type show, but because it's just me and my buddy, Gary filming, uh, instead of being about big things, it's just going to be about my life. And so the first episode is about 
uh, being sad during the pandemic, which I think is something that hopefully more people can relate to. And this is a project that I've had for months and months and months, and it just took a long time to, to edit and work through and talk to people about. But I'm really proud of the final product, and I'm really excited for the next few episodes I have in my brain. I think they'll be fun and informative and silly. And just like the podcast, I think it'll get better each time. So check that out on Instagram. It's probably on YouTube also at this point, but check it out on IGTV and let's read an ad and we'll start the podcast. I'm becoming, this is a little Mark Marinish, aren't I? If I just talk too much, you can hit the 15 seconds if you want. Today's ad is for Kenny Rogers Roasters, deliciously healthy. Kenny Rogers Roasters is a chain of chicken-based restaurants founded in 1991 by country musician Kenny Rogers and former KF CEO John Y. Brown Jr., who was a former governor of the U.S. state of Kentucky. What a pivot. Brown has been an early investor in Kentucky Fried Chicken from 1964 to 1971. During his successful music career, Rogers had appeared in a number of commercials for Dole Food Company before founding this restaurant chain. Kenny Rogers Roasters deliciously healthy. You got to love a slogan that has both an adverb and a lie in it. It's two words. How does the food taste? It tastes deliciously. Is it good for you? That's what they say. But I have my doubts. I have my doubts that a former governor of Kentucky turned chicken magnate has my health as a priority in his restaurants. But you know what? I've been wrong before. Kenny Rogers Roasters, deliciously healthy. Okay, we're going to get started. Thank you so much for listening. Emily Mangus, everyone. Enjoy. She's the best. Hey, Gabe. Hi, Emily Mangus. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really, really good. Um, Hello from New York. Hello from Portland, it looks like. Yeah. Beautiful day out here. I'm very jealous. We're just starting to get good days on this side of the continent. And uh, I took up golf during the pandemic. So now I'm just like out every chance I can get in Bethpage playing public golf. Too bad Andrew's back in Ethiopia. He would have loved that. Yeah. Yeah. He was on that early. I remember your brother. Mm -hmm. Um, Is he back? He's back in Ethiopia. Wow. What a sentence. I know. I know. Exactly. (laughs) I know. I'm planning. This is how about this first sentence. I'm planning on going there over Thanksgiving. And his girlfriend who he's living with over there was like, well, wait till the elections over. Things could get hairy to book your flights. I was like, okay. Yeah, I bet. My goodness. The election over there. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> of things I'm not an expert in, Ethiopian elections, like top of the list, but yeah, I, hope, exactly. I hope the good guys win. I know. I know. Um, it's really nice to see you, Emily. It's probably been 10 years since we spoke, maybe like. Oh, yeah. Easily. Because every once in a while I'd see you up at Hamilton College mm-hmm. um, because like every Mengus in the world <laughs> went to Hamilton College and then you and Bobby went, you know, Duke and Georgetown, not not bad. When uh, I would get dragged up there so left out with everything. <laughs> <laughs> the hill, the light side, the dark side. Um, yeah, you're probably the most conversant in Hamilton lore um, of any non-graduate. For sure. Although I 
purposely tried to tone it out when they started talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your mother, when I applied to Hamilton, she ended up writing a little email to the admissions office and she used the phrase, Gabe would be a very strong applicant. And and now I write one of my day job is I, I work with high schoolers who are applying to college. And I always use that phrase as a little like nod <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to my, my strong, origin yeah. story. Yeah. Very strong. Awesome. Applicant. Cause I was like, at the time I was like, is she using code? Like, is this like yeah. a cheat code <laughs> to get me into college? Um, do you remember? <laughs> yeah. Oh, your your, your family, your whole family, uh, the best people. What, do you remember we had class? So this all started, this is all um, Shannon D. Felice's fault. <laughs> because we we wrote letters back and forth to each other over the last couple of months just like oh. yeah and because she's my neighbor and like we just like grew up with each other and we yeah. both I've told now the story on every episode of the podcast we had very strong memories of the book holes but for very different reasons oh my god um like for me it was i borrowed the book from her and i was very nervous in third grade to like walk over to the cute girl's house and like give her her book back and her memory was that she she was like i'm not the strongest reader and so when you came up to me and said like hey do you remember like what happened with zero i like didn't know what happened because i didn't read the book and she's like and then i lied and yeah yeah and so you know you hadn't read it yet how would you know i know and she goes years later she's like i'm with shannon mangini we see the movie and i'm like that's what gabe meant like And so I was going to do just a podcast about classmates because it's a weird thing to like be perceived by someone to like have memories of people. For sure. Especially high school. Well, I mean, all of us knew each other even before high school, but like weird perceptions of people. Once you meet them after high school, you're like, oh, they're a normal human being. Like, like I am. Yes. And yes. In high school, like everyone is such a specific thing in your brain. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, yeah. There's, I, I won't give, I won't give the name away, but my group of friends ran into somebody from high school at the five-year reunion. And this kid came up to my friend, Sean, and was like, hey man, how you doing? And Sean's like, I'm fine. And this one kid said, and Sean said, how are you? And he went, not good, man. Oh. Not good. <laughs> and the repeat That's of not good. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, like really bad. <laughs> it's a thing like my whole like my friends say, my family says it. Just like not good, man. <laughs> not good. Um, but yeah, like That's people weird. like stick in stick in your in your brain in weird ways. Um, and so I guess the first thing, do you remember the, the last class I remember having with you is stats? Do you remember stats class? <laughs> Mr. Izzo stats? Yeah, Mr. The only thing I remember, I try to tell this story all the time. First of all, before we start all this, the only thing I remember from Holes is how much (laughs) I loved, because I was not the strongest reader either back then, and I just didn't want to spend my time doing it. The chapters were so short. I loved it. They were like a page, a page and a half, and you whipped through chapters. It was so great. To this day, a short chapter is such a gift. So great. Um, Especially in in high school or or middle school, they're like, read five chapters. And that sounds terrible. You get home, it's like, oh, it's five pages. Yeah, piece of cake. Oh, my God. Um, Even now, nine page chapter, that's the ideal length. Oh, so great. One sitting, (laughs) bang it out. Yeah. But, um, okay, stats. Yeah, I remember Mr. Izzo yelling it was the first first time smart boards were a thing and mm-hmm, him just mm-hmm. constantly yelling at our smart board 
and yeah. it never working and him never figuring out how to properly use it. Yeah. Randomly, like the smiley faces would pop up and he'd just like write the whole class in smiley faces because he couldn't figure out how to turn it off. That That is so funny. Yeah, he was really funny. Oh, and, he, so and he went to college with Jimmy Fallon. And I always just like associate them together where I'm like, they're the same person. Like I had yeah. Jimmy Fallon teach math. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and I'm getting to the point in comedy where like two weeks ago, my friend Kenise like did stand up on Fallon's show. And I'm just like, oh man, like if I ever meet Jimmy Fallon, like I'm going straight for the Izzo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember teaching me stats, Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, and I want to talk to him about Fever Pitch because I actually think that's a really good movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm the Yankees too. You would go in the next day and I didn't follow baseball except when I had Mr. Izzo. I like would, yeah. literally would go out of my way to like, if they won, he was in like the best mood ever if yeah. they lost. And of course they have games what every single day baseball mm-hmm. so it was really a quite the roller coaster being the i remember yeah. we had a test the day of the world series game six or whatever and then they won that night and we go in the next day and i remember being like if we get homework tonight like we're never not gonna have homework because you love this, this is team. the test yeah yeah um yeah he's a sweet guy so, yeah, he so was awesome. i wanna i wanna backtrack a little bit because okay. you I mean, like you're interesting for lots of reasons. One of them is that you play professional soccer, but of course you contain multitudes. But I want to start with that and then sort of like work backwards. Um, Because I think what's so fun about being a professional soccer player is that we all played soccer when we were little (laughs) and then you just never stopped. Like you just kept going. Like you were like really insistent on it, actually. I say that to people all the time. Like even my (laughs) college friends who I played soccer in college with, but now we're what, how many years out of college? And they're like, I can't believe you're still doing it. I'm like, I honestly can't believe I'm still doing it. Yeah. But I still have fun. It's so awesome. That's, I literally ran outside in the sun with my friends today for two hours. And that was my day of work. That's the, yeah. Yeah. That's you going to work. That's, yeah, that's awesome. the coolest. Um, so before we get to pro soccer, I want to ask about being a kid. Um, do you remember like being good? Do you remember like, Oh, I'm good. Like I have a knack for this or was it so, just a thing you liked? To bring Shandy Fleece back into the conversation, I remember, <laughs> I remember, because we all played every sport and we were all on all the same teams, like that one yeah. group of girls. And I remember being on, I think it was like maybe sixth grade or it must have been before that because her dad was the lacrosse guy and her dad was the lacrosse coach. And so we were like online doing some boring drill at lacrosse practice. And I remember it was, must have been like fifth or sixth grade. And they were like, what's your favorite sport? What's your favorite sport? And none of them said soccer. And I was like, wait, you can have other favorite sports? That's (laughs) so funny. Everybody loved soccer. And, but no, I actually, I don't think I knew I was good until everyone kind of like fizzled out. And then I like made my travel soccer, like the next travel soccer team like outside of garden city Mm, that makes sense okay yeah Yeah, so uh, people are picking other things and you're like oh yeah why are you picking basketball (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) and that's that's funny because in high school i i really i mean like obviously you played soccer and we all knew that but also you were making headlines for running Uh Yeah. And so for a while, like that was like sort of like, oh, like Emily runs when like, but it sounds I mean, your reaction to that is like, oh, I don't want to just run like we got to have a ball involved somewhere. Um, Can you can you go back and like visit some of that? Yeah. So I think the biggest difference is I ran because I was good 
And I like mm. continued running because I was good. And I ran, I mean, for a split second in college because I was good. I played soccer all because I wanted to be there. And mm-hmm. I, so that's like definitely the biggest difference. I actually think I had more natural talent as a runner, but like you need way more than you need like a certain brain to be a runner. And yeah. so I just, that was not for me. Yeah. I mean, soccer is very collaborative, right? I mean, the, yeah. there's 11 of uh, you yeah. and like you have to be a, especially on defense, like you have to be a unit. Yes, for sure. Um, Oh, that's interesting. I love when people pick the thing that they're not the best at. Yeah, for sure. It's one of my favorite, like for me in choir, my favorite thing was when somebody would just in high school and college, wherever, Mm -hmm. and you see this a lot more like as an adult, um, like when I was in Scotland, I was in like a community choir where it's just like, somebody's like not great at it, but they just like really dig it and they want to put the time in. I'm like, that's my guy. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because at a certain point, like you're not gonna be a professional choir singer for the most part, like they do exist. Right. 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 Um, But so at a certain point it becomes like the people that are really into it. Right. Um, So I love that. The other thing I wanted to talk about in terms of like your ability and like when you just realized you were good is that you, from what I, my intelligence that I've gathered on the internet, are and I've watched some games before. I'm not like yeah. I don't want to pretend like that I've never seen you play. But you're a defensive specialist, right? Like you're a left left back. I re- this last year I switched to right back, right okay. center back, always right center, center back. back, but right center back. But for my entire year growing up, even like middle school, left center back was like always my position. Yeah. I have no idea, no recollection of like who thought that that was it. But like I just remember that always being it never really moved around that's interesting for a few reasons one it's because you're so fast so like i would have assumed when i petered out at soccer on the 7-8 team with miss Fergosi forever um <laughs> that if you were in the you were in midfield you could run a lot but like right. what 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 attracted you to center left back i don't know to this day even like i if i'm too far up the field i get so nervous that like that nobody is going to do the work behind me. So I'm like, I have to do it because everybody else is up here too. So if I'm up here, then there's no one back there. And so I just like always gravitated towards the back to like, just clean things up. Wow. That, because like, that's the other thing I wanted to mention was that because you're defensive specialist, your, your impact on the game, like there's no stat sheet for it really. No. No, like no, there's no like goals, assists, like no. standard metric of achievement. But like you've started in this league, the NWSL for what nine years, yeah. you're doing something right. But it is hard to, it is hard to quantify. Is that like a tricky thing for other defenders to prove themselves? Like how does that work? It's yeah. Well, and the funniest thing too is like if we are on the stats sheet, like oh, you had like a crazy block. Like it probably means you made a mistake before that and then had to like go fix it. Mm -hmm. And so like those kind of stats are not good also. It's like, can we be like the least exciting? That means we're doing like a really good job. (laughs) Mm, That's really interesting. No, I don't know. I think like it just comes with the position. Like people who are defenders just know that they're never going to be the ones scoring goals and on like the highlight reel and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Which and is, is there a certain pride to your unit, your defensive unit? Oh, that, like, for sure. Uh-huh. Yes. Like the classic offense defense thing. Yes. And even uh-huh. the goalies, like goalies will come into like our little, our little pod, but then like they get on the stat sheet because they made these ridiculous saves too. And we're like, well, 
You're mm-hmm. only making those saves because we're messing up. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's that's an interesting dynamic. That's fascinating. Um, because I was thinking about so I confession, I love women's soccer and I have since nineteen ninety nine. Oh, same. when um when Mr. Manette, my soccer coach, was like, You gotta watch this game, US China. And you know, I'm seven years old and I don't know you know, there's no internet and maybe I talked to somebody at school about it. Maybe not, but I didn't realize how big, so that game was like important to me. I was like, Brandy Chastain, she takes the Jersey off. It's like mayhem. And then a couple years later, I think I'm at a Yankees game with Jared Mitchell. I could be wrong. It could be somebody else, but Brandy Chastain is throwing out the first pitch and Yankee stadium like erupts. And I had this moment of, Oh, like everyone cares about this, <laughs> not just me. It's like this weird childhood phase I went through. Yeah. And it really made me feel like very much less alone. Like, oh, <laughs> other people are into this. Yeah. Um, and then, and then of course, that 2011 team, I came home from college. This is really embarrassing. I leave Hamilton College and I'm home for the summer. And oh yeah, it was the worst summer of my life. I'm working at a law firm during the day and like taking some night classes, just like have something to do. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like my life is over where I'm like, oh, like this is so boring. I've just had like a very dynamic freshman year of college. And this like Women's World Cup team, I watched every game. Megan Rapinoe's Mm -hmm. coming off the bench. She's like a little like spark plug. Isn't that crazy? If you yeah. like really follow it, you like remember back, you're like, oh, those players like were, were new to the team. Like, oh, yeah. it's so great. Yeah. I know. She had, I remember following her on Twitter and she had like 20,000 Twitter followers. I remember being like, oh, like she, people don't really know her yet. Um, and now, like, she's, and now like, she's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. That's and I always had a Sue Bird connection because her dad was like into horse racing or something. So like my dad knew her dad like years ago. Um, and now that they're together, it feels That's like 22. The first time I met Subert, so because she played on Long Island Lightning for a little, didn't she? Really? That's great. Right? Or what? Not Long Island. She's, she's that's from the, Long Island. That's the um, that's the younger team, the Liberty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, so and I was such such good friends with Diana Leondis, who was like the basketball person, and they had yes. like. They, she was obsessed with Sue Bird. And I remember the first time I met Sue Bird in Portland, right when her and Pino started dating at like a University of Portland's basket, women's basketball game. Like, I don't even know why I was there. I have no recollection <laughs> of why I went to that game. Yeah. But I remember seeing Pino and being like, hey, like we kind of know each other, like just through the sport. And then seeing Sue Bird and being like, Oh my God. Like starstruck. Like it's funny how that, like, I'm not starstruck by anybody in my own sport, no matter like what happens. But as soon as you see someone like slightly removed who like as a child, you were like brought up to think was the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm pretty sure I texted Diana too. I was like, you'll never. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's really, I mean, that's exciting for a few reasons. And Sue Bird, the other, the other thing I want to talk about was like women's sports and, and growing. So WNBA is like sort of like taking off when we were kids and now it's kind of really having a moment. Yeah. Um, but Sue Bird was like, like famous, famous for a really long time. Oh, like very, forever. And he's still famous. That's yeah. What's crazy. Yeah. 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 And then even without their, like the very famous world cup hero. Yeah. WNBA champion relationship. Like I'm a big Sue Bird person. And I watched her in this champion, the, the WNBA championship this year. Mm-hmm. And like, she comes in the game and the, the pace just like changes. It's, it's like so her cool. game now. Yeah. yeah. So cool. That kind of like respect for a single person on the court that like 
the energy, everything's different. So yeah, cool. yeah. And it's basketball so contained. Like in soccer, that can happen, but in basketball, right. it's just like they're Honest, all there. Yeah. It's just running. Um, <laughs> that's cool that you run it, that you're in the same circles. And... I, I wouldn't say same circles. I ran into her <laughs> out. <laughs> that's cool. That's very cool. Um, uh, I also have to tell so okay, my question is about women's soccer. So the other reason it's on my mind is because of this new group of millionaires buying oh, yeah. the Chicago team and like Sarah Spain on ESPN is a co-owner and like Venus Williams and stuff like that. And that coincides with me like doing a little research about the NWSL and being like angry that they're not paying you guys more. Oh my God. Like, this is, like, this is bullshit. Uh, my words, not Emily's. Um, <laughs> but my question is like, where my two, two questions. One is when you were a kid, did you see professional soccer as a thing that to aspire to? And two, like, where do you see this like league going in 20 years? Yeah. So, so I get asked the question all the time. I'll do like these little appearances through the thorns of like answering questions from little kids. And they'll ask me like, did you always want to play professional soccer? And so the answer for the most part is yes when you're a little kid and you want to be an astronaut and a soccer professional soccer player, or like if you're my brother, he wanted to like be a dog. Like you don't know <laughs> what you are saying, but like you have these aspirations and you're told like the limit does not exist and dream big and whatever. <laughs> and so then I like, I always think I like defaulted to that without actually like thinking about it. But then in height, I think if you would, would have asked me that in high school and even college for a while, I don't think I would have said professional soccer player. I think I would have said something else. And then in college, when I realized like, oh, there's like a pretty, well, at the point when I was leaving college, the league that I'm in now had only been around for one year and the leagues kept like coming and folding and like they, nothing was sustainable. Yeah. But then I found out that you could go play anywhere in the world. And I was like, oh, so this is like, a this is a thing that I could go do. And a girl, when I was a freshman, was a senior in college, went and played in Iceland for the summer. And I was like, oh, so that's my plan now. I'm going to be, go play professional soccer in Iceland for one summer. And then I'll like start my real life. And yeah. then this league started up and my coach in college was like, you should just go into the draft, like see what happens, like try out for teams. And so then at like senior in college was when I like went back to my childhood dream of like, oh, I can like be a professional soccer player. Wow. <laughs> and so I, that's what, to bring it back, I tell like the little girls who ask me like, no, I didn't always think this, but you should like continue, always believe that you could be a professional soccer player because yeah. there are places to play and there, it's always an option. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's, um, yeah. Yeah. That's wild. And, and sort of like infuriating yes, in a lot of ways, because sure. like, I mean, like you're, however, the top 1% of 1% of soccer players, like you have to be in that, right. If you're playing mm -hmm. professionally in America and starting, like, that's just like the way the numbers work out. And if you were playing any other sport, and you were another gender, like you'd be a millionaire. You'd be calling right. me from, you wouldn't be taking my calls. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't sell yourself and, short. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so like one, I guess like, does that, like, what is the sentiment of like the players who like are aware of these injustices? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. so interesting because we know we have to get paid more, but we, mm. it's like this weird 
and I speak for myself, maybe, maybe people feel differently, but I feel like we've, we haven't accepted it, but we've kind of grown used to it. And Mm -hmm. so while anybody who asks us should like, is this unfair? We're like, yes, it's unfair. But then we don't, nothing's, I don't think we feel it. If that makes Mm. sense. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Like, I don't think I like every day wake up with this burning thing. Like I'm being shortchanged. I'm being shortchanged. But then if I like really dig down, I'm like, Oh, I actually am being shortchanged. Like this is crazy how much I'm being shortchanged, Yeah. but it's not like there's kind of a disconnect. And so I think it, it, and I think it's because for so long, we didn't think there was anything we could really do about it. Mm. And now we are doing things about it. And there's all these people we are getting so much attention from all these owners who are jumping onto all these different teams. We're like, no, this is like our main priority. And I'm part of the players association, which like that is our number one goal is to like bring up the welfare of our players and basically make them on, give them a livable wage. Um, And so, yeah, I think, but then at the same time, you have to kind of have patience and be like, well, this doesn't happen overnight. And so, Yes, we want that burning desire. Yes, we need to know that we're being underpaid. But then at the same time, like, okay, but have patience. This takes a second. Mm-hmm. We can't, because to give a little more context to the other leagues in the past that have folded, the WPS and WUSA, those girls were making six figures and they mm-hmm. were like making bank and it was awesome, but they folded in three years because there was no actual, they didn't have a sustainability plan. And so while we would love to be making that kind of money, we need to like create the foundation and the groundwork first. And so I think to answer your other question in 20 years, we, sh- we should be alive and well and kicking and being able to pay girls. I mean, at least quadruple what they're paying now, I would hope if not yeah. equal to men, yeah. so 20 years is a long time, hopefully gosh, equal to men by that point. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, because it is infuriating to watch. And also like, it's um, like, you're, you guys are also playing. Like it's hard to like be a labor activist and also right. like yeah. be a professional <laughs> soccer player. Like you have a, a job to do. I mean, you have another job, right? You texted me the other day. You're like, yeah, I have a, f- yeah, a few. You have a few. <laughs> what, are, what else do you do? I'm cutting myself so thin right now. <laughs> I'm, so I am working for a CBD company, just a local CBD company. Oh yeah. Just like I started that in the off season just to get some hours and like pick up an extra paycheck. So I continued that. I started doing their customer service. Um, I'm a professional soccer player. I am on the player association, which right now feels like a full-time job. Yeah. And then I started my own literary magazine, which is so far not making me any money, but that was in on purpose. That was on purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I have a million questions about that. One, I think it's fine to not make money right away. I'm a big believer in getting good at the thing before you're good at marketing the thing. For sure. Um, And asking for money. I can't, I can't ask for money yet. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I need to feel good about the product that I'm giving out before I ask people to tell me via money that my time is well being well spent. Well said, well said. So Again, you were a soccer player in high school, like you ran track, like I have that in my head, but also I remember you like, you designed fun shoes and like you were an artist, like you did like other things. Literary, where does this literary um, uh, itch come from? 
I have since started in, I mean, I've always written books terribly, but I've always like, as a kid was always writing books. Ask if you asked my brothers, they would like my, my book that I was working on for like years and years was called <laughs> nine red balloons. And I just like would write and write and write about this book. And then like, obviously nothing ever happened because I was between the ages of 10 and 18 when I was writing this my and goodness. it was terrible, but like, I was always like writing. So I've always had that in me, mm-hmm. but then like in college took tons of writing classes and I still don't have like my niche of like what I'm trying to be writing, mm-hmm. but I knew that I needed to like start making it a priority in my life if I ever wanted to like do anything. So that's where like the magazine, literary magazine, newspaper, again, my elevator pitch, terrible. But yeah, what's the name of it? Where, where can people find you? So it's called Bell Esprit and that is spelled B-E-L. E-S-P-R-I-T. It's a concept that comes from a Hemingway book, Movable Feast, my favorite concept. But um Which is what? Which is Ezra Pound in Movable Feast. Ezra Pound is all pissed because T.S. Eliot should be writing and he's not writing because he's spending all of his time making money working in a bank. And everyone hates that because he shouldn't be in a bank. He should be writing. And so they create this thing called Bella Spree, where if you have any extra money, we're going to get collect all this money and give it to T.S. Eliot so he can stop working at the bank and go and write his book. And so that was the whole concept. And it was Patreon. It worked. And it, yeah, it worked. And T.S. Eliot left the bank and wrote Wasteland. It was great. So that's wow. the idea. Like That's amazing. We want, yeah. We want people's like actual passion to be taking up their time and not wasting their time in a bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's brilliant. Uh, Ezra Pound, also a Hamilton College graduate. Uh, was he? Yeah, dog. How did I not know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful. I mean, and it, and it really does feel, I mean, like, I don't want to make connections in your life that, that you don't necessarily see, but like, that's like professional soccer too, right? Like, oh, for sure. Like there's like a real <laughs> yes. connection to that. Yeah. Um, as particularly as a woman's professional, specifically yeah. a woman's professional soccer player. Make it work uh, at all costs. Yeah. It's an idea. Yeah. Because if the league didn't exist, if this were 10 years ago, if this were 2011, Oh, I, Portland, right? I mean, no, I would have played a, a season in Iceland and then I would have done God knows what. Yeah. Yeah. What did you study in college? I studied psychology mainly. Okay. And then like by accident, English, like I ended up having enough credits for English, but like I had like my focus was psychology. And then at the end, Mm -hmm. my dean was like, if you take one more English class, like you've got another whatever, like degree. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. (laughs) Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. Um, I love that, Emily. That's really cool. I want and there's like a podcast too. So I, the, I, I did the interviewer thing where I didn't ask, a, I, 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 so far, that was a question that I knew the answer to. I was like a lawyer where I really just didn't know how to pronounce Bell Esprit and I just needed you to say it. To say it. <laughs> I assume I, the only reason I pronounce it that way is because when I read it in the book, I then immediately YouTubed how to pronounce Bell Esprit. And so if that YouTube's wrong, I'm even pronouncing it wrong this whole time. So. That's so funny. You're my YouTube. I, I, yeah, exactly. I, I used yeah. you to do that. Um, that's great. And so are you, are you writing stories? Is that like part of your life? I'm writing now? all sorts of things. After this, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to test my hand in journalism and go, one of my friends has started his own kind of like podcasts 
track focused Portland podcast thing. And so I'm going to go and just kind of observe him and hopefully come up with a good story to write about him. That's the coolest. Yeah. That's so, yeah. Isn't, isn't Portland running country because of Nike? It is. Did you yeah. end up in running country? I know. It's track town. <laughs> I have a shirt that says track town USA. Like, at least I'm not doing that. That's so but, funny. Yeah. That's so, so funny. Yeah. I, I very, I mean, like I sort of hate running too. Um, and a few years ago, I, I, ran a marathon because I was like, would a chubby person run a marathon? And then the answer was like, yes, um, yes. All, all the time. Um, <laughs> all the time. Uh, and so I, I, I've, I've run four races in my life. I ran a 5k. I ran a 5k the day that the U S women's team beat Brazil with that, uh, Wombach to Rapino yeah, header. header. Yeah. I watched that that night, the Boilermaker in Utica. I ran a 5k. I ran a 10k in Scotland. I ran a Ragnar relay. Ooh. So like a 200 mile, Past the baton thing. Yeah. I was a two, six, and an eight over the course of 24 hours and then a marathon and then I retired. (laughs) (laughs) You did the most. Yeah. Yeah. 5K to 5K to marathon. marathon. Quite the range. Yeah. From 2011 to 2016. And then I I do yoga. Um, I love a good yoga session. It's really great. Yeah. Underappreciated. At least. Yeah. That's a thing too. I wanted to ask you about as a professional athlete. So I have a couple of professional athletes that I'm going to get to interview on oh, this sweet. because I know one of them is a professional wrestler. That was my roommate when I went to Scotland. And cool. another is um, a jockey who my dad, my dad works with jockey. So I'm like, okay, so I have like a series of pro athletes. Yeah. They're sort of like off the beaten path a little bit. Um, Which is like, better. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because like, I know I play baseball. Like I, I get it, but well, like, yeah. Um, but my question for you is like, you're 28 now? 20, yes, 28. 20. What is, <laughs> the question I wrote down was just like, what is your relationship to your body? <laughs> like, because like, I have no question. relationship. Yeah, it's a great question. I actually said this to my mom, I think it was my mom the other day. Every day, I should rephrase. No, every day after we have like a mandatory off day for soccer, Mm-hmm. We come back and they're like very careful with us. It's called a re-entry day. And we like really are soft with our bodies. And all of us, when we're warming up that one day after we've done nothing the day before, mm-hmm. feels like a train hit us. Yeah. And we're like, if we stop for more than two days, this is why nobody, this is why you can't stop. Like if you stop, I wouldn't be able to like get up from the grounds. Like it's almost like this, like we're on like the edge and something's chasing us. We're like, we just got to keep going. Yeah. Or, or it's not going to be good. It's really interesting to hear you say that because, and I, I should not compare my six hour marathon to your professional athlete career, but I would run three times a week and I would do three miles on Monday, five miles on Wednesday. And then some varying degree of it started out with like four on Friday. And then it was six on Friday, eight, 10, 11, half marathon, 15, 20. Right. That became your long day. And every week, the hardest run was Monday, Monday, three miles. Terrible. Yeah. Why is that? It's the shortest one. I don't know. But that, but yeah, I think to answer the question that you were getting at, we're not like all these like machine, like Zen yoga masters who have complete control over our body at all times. Like Mm. we feel terrible a lot of the time, but then Mm -hmm. like can get ourselves prepared in the proper ways to function. But yeah, Yeah. Mondays are tough. Yeah. That's where it's all Garfield. Um, Then I think about like, like Russell Wilson, LeBron, they're spending like millions of dollars a year 
just like on their body. Yeah. I'm like you guys are pro athletes playing at the exact same level yeah. and like don't get that working part-time jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know we get some things like not yet. COVID has been weird, but before COVID we like, we'll have a masseuse in once a week. Like we get taken care of, mm-hmm. but not to the extent that like, I think that's, that's like such a funny thing too. It's like when you get, or when you like, when you have access for more, you're going to use it and claim that like you couldn't do it without it. But then like we have teams in our league and even at Portland, like we get, we're taken care of more than most teams in our league because we have the access and the money and whatever. But there are some teams in our league that function as like a glorified college team. Like they don't Mm -hmm. have anything and they Mm -hmm. still play games. Like it's, it's, there's a mental piece to that as well. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the analogy I would make would be to like when I hear about men's basketball in the 80s and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, they're flying commercial. It's yeah. like Gary Bird, like on a Spirit Airlines flight. Like you can't your brain can't picture it. But like that's you guys now. Yeah. yeah. And like I really do hope that like in 20 years we're looking back like, isn't that insane that Emily Mangus like rode the, pl- the regular plane? Yeah. And this is the best. This is the best. And my club, my club does the best out of any club. So if anybody's listening, you guys do great. But we have recently graduated from like, like my rookie season, I'll tell you, I made $6,000 for my rookie season. That wow. was like the minimum for anybody in our league. And we were, solely middle seats on airplanes because those were like the cheapest ones. And that's like what would get us from place to place. And then like it got, I mean, it jumped and got way better yeah. very quickly. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun for me to, to see like, Oh, this is where we came from. I was around when it came from. And now I'm yeah. like around for like, I get a free meal for lunch every day. There's certain things you're like, we would never have gotten that six years ago, eight years ago. Wow. You really like, this is like a league of their own shit. Oh, it's so great. I mean, it's so, it's backwards. Like it shouldn't, 2011 shouldn't have been the dark ages for like 12 years after the 99 world cup. Oh, I know. And that, that's, what's crazy. I was, how old were we? Five, seven, six, seven watching that game. And I so specifically remember watching that game too. And thinking like, they were amazing and whatever. But then, yeah, how many years later? And like, we still take the same buses and get stuck in traffic and like all this stuff. Yeah. But, That's like, it, so like, and yeah, I mean, just like anybody not acknowledging like the gender gap in this country, it's like, oh, hey, check out Emily Mangus. <laughs> like, this is bullshit. Again, my women's soccer through the ages. Yeah. I mean, there's a really unwritten, I don't want to tell you how to live your life. There's a really great unwritten players' tribune that you have in you, I feel like. I, oh yeah, it's Players Tribune. We had a few chances to write, like, um, there's a newspaper or magazine, online magazine called The Equalizer. And mm-hmm. we, they, they pay players to write different stories about them. But yeah, yeah. The Players Tribune too. It's like the unglorified, like underground mm-hmm. Players Tribune. Oh, yeah. So great. Yeah, oh, very yeah. cool. Great idea. Um, well, that's the other thing about like you, like in my research of you, like the Portland people, like they're into it. Oh, they love it. Yeah. yeah. Like you're like, I mean, like, I don't want to speak, like you're a celebrity. Like people, you walk down the street, yeah. people recognize you all the time, right? I mean, Yes, it's a very weird situation here. And it's funny because it's a very specific, it's, it's, you know, it, you can tell a mile away. You can see a person, there's a very specific gen- demographic and you'll be like, oh, they will, they'll recognize me. 
that's and, but so that's funny. one in it's really it's not that often sure sure but it feels like it feels like when I was a freshman at, at Hamilton and my parents came up and we just like walked from one side of campus to the other and I said hi to like 20 people and my parents were like what do you mean you know I'm like it's a small school like it's very small school. <laughs> that's a, this, it's a very similar feeling here yeah. yeah yeah it's like not I mean small community yeah yeah that's really cool that's um yeah, I mean they they love you, Emily. Like I read like the Insta- like the Instagram comments are like uh like most underrated player. We love her, <laughs> like like can't get enough. The loyalty is definitely there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, because like and then you played in I want to ask about Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess you did get to go you got to I go. Got to, yeah, I, I lived out my Iceland dream. Well, not Iceland, my my summer abroad. Um yeah, I went and played it a lot of girls in my league go and play in Australia. It will be tougher moving forward, but because our season is getting progressively longer, mm-hmm. but in the past, our season would go from March to September, and then we'd have like a six month off season. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as you know, the Southern hemisphere, their summer is our winter. And so their whole, their league was perfectly opposite ours. And so mm-hmm. we, a lot of us would just be put on loan by our clubs, go play a season in Australia and then come back for preseason which is yeah, a that's great perfect. setup. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, was it fun? Like, did you oh, have like, so fun? Yeah. 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 They have some weird, weird. It feels like you're in the jungle. If you, I like to, I went and explored a bunch, but like, yeah, it's fun when you go there and see your first kangaroo and you're like, Oh my God, they're real. <laughs> and by the end you're like, Oh, they're so gross. And like, <laughs> it, it takes, it's real quick. That's but so yeah, funny. very fun. That's very cool. And where in Australia were you? I was in Melbourne. Okay. Which because, is like Southern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I did the Edinburgh fringe. God, now two summers ago. Ooh. And it was just like, you do an hour stand up a day for 25 days. It's like the comedy Olympics. That is so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And like any type of comedy you could want. It's like the Olympic village, except yeah. everyone's not in shape. Um, <laughs> and um, there, you meet these people that do the fringe circuits. So they're like all year long, I'm just performing comedy. So I do Edinburgh in August. I go to Melbourne in whenever that oh is the spring Perth has a festival for a month and they just like these like nomads. That is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They live their whole life. So I, w- I had like a mini one of those planned for COVID. I was going to do a week in Atlanta, two weeks in Winnipeg, and then a month in Edinburgh all canceled. Uh. Um, but I ask because I know people, ideally I'd like to get good enough where in Santa if you have like management or whatever, like they like send you there for the month right. and they're like, now you have a hotel. Yeah. 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 You're not as much of a nomad. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it's not like coming the, out of my own rental pocket. Car. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's like sort of the goal, but I'm glad that's cool. That, I mean, like they transferred either. You got a, what is it called in soccer? Loaned. You got loaned. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're yeah. On loan. That's a cool. Yeah. I'm on loan. That, that cool? <laughs> it's the gap year of, yeah. <laughs> of professional soccer. Exactly. Um, that's fantastic. And then the other thing that pissed me off is that <laughs> NWSL is I went to play with you in FIFA and I couldn't play. I have t- FIFA 2021. I was like, they got to get on this. This is ridiculous. I know. I know. We, yeah, I know. It's There's not hard. Sort of, it's really no, not. I could do it. It's not. I know. But yeah, it's not hard. But I, I have heard the process of like getting your body all like, I'm pretty sure they do like 
like body scans of you and like they EA sports, like bring you in and like watch you do certain movements. And so that I'd be all excited to do that. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get you on that because I know actually the guy who I lived with the wrestler, he was like the default wrestler guy who would put on the green balls and like (laughs) suplex a guy. Like it's always his body in like every game. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's cool. Okay, so the final section that we do in this podcast is thank you for doing this, by the way. This is yeah, um, this has been great. Um, I'm really glad I started this like yeah. impulsively um, because it seems like yeah, the first episode came out today actually um, with a friend from college, and then awesome. Mr. Seneca's number two. Oh hell yeah! And then you what, know, what um what's the title of it? It's called 35 Minutes with Gabe Malik. And I'll send you the link because right oh, now yeah. on Apple Podcasts you can't search for it. It's only if you have the link for another. 24 hours or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but I'll send it to you, but okay, here we go. Fill in the blank question. Just a couple of these. Cool. Uh, the Emily Mangus game day food ritual is. Oh, big breakfast snack. The rest of the day, throw a banana somewhere in there. Okay. Banana doesn't count as a snack. <laughs> but it's a mandatory snack. The rest of the snacks can be anything. <laughs> I see. I see. What, what, what are your go-to snacks? Um, it depends if I'm home or away. If I'm home, I've got I've this I've got these yes. the Trader Joe's pretzels filled with peanut butter. Eat those oh. basically all day long on game day, which is probably not. You don't have to be a pro like, athlete to eat those. Let me tell no, you. they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. Maybe like a half of a peanut butter sandwich would count as a snack. I guess okay. my snacks are like mini meals, a cup of yeah. oatmeal, that kind okay. of thing, peanut butter, banana. Nothing that's like everything that's pretty safe. Like nothing's going to upset mm. anything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm slowly approaching carbs of the enemy age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're a pro athlete, you're younger. Um, okay. When you're on the road, you can find Emily Mangus doing what? Ooh, walking to Starbucks. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great answer. I, I mean, Starbucks is basically why I do comedy. Yes. <laughs> I was living in Scotland and I had nobody to hang out with. I was 22. Um, all the kids are 18. I'm teaching. All the teachers are in their 30s. I have nowhere to go. My best friend and my girlfriend fall in love. And then I started doing oh. comedy. Yeah. And then because of Starbucks, I like had a thing. All day. I started drinking coffee. It was like all day long now, I can just like write jokes. And it like very much saved me. Anyway, love Starbucks. Big love fan. Love Starbucks. <laughs> um, besides athletics, I'm really competitive about blank. Oh, oh, that's such a good one. We have a uh, we have a daily trivia in my in our locker room, and I like pride myself on I want to get that right, and I get really upset if someone else says it first. I get really upset if if I'm wrong. Because then I, I question that. it and I look it up and then I, it turns out I am wrong, but no <laughs> reason like, to believe that I'm going to be good. Like I'm not good at trivia, but yeah. But you have it in you. Yeah. To like want to, oh, to... I have a better one too. Yeah. I've, Wait on me. I've, I've recently gotten into board games. Thanks to my old brother. Yeah. yeah. There's a new game that we played a ton over Christmas. Andrew got called Wingspan. Have you heard of that or played no, that? No, tell me about oh, Wingspan. Oh, it's all about birds. And I... It is insane. It is like, (laughs) I don't know. It sounds so terrible, but it's like, you get these birds, you got to put them in the right habitat. They all lay a different number of eggs. It just is like the nerdiest sounding game, but I've hooked a couple of my Portland friends into it. They bought the game. We now go play once a week. It's the best. That is such a great answer. Wingspan? Wingspan. 
okay, writing it down. I'm a big Settlers guy. Yeah. We're a big Scrabble family. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of Scrabble. Yeah. Um, that's a great answer. Uh, the best book I read recently is what? Ooh, I just went through a phase. I read almost every book by Joan Didion. Yeah. Why yeah. Don't. And so that's why I'm, I'm picking up journalism after this call It's because I'm like obsessed with her and I think she's the coolest person ever. And I think she's the best writer ever. And so yeah. I think her, my favorite book that she read was slouching towards Bethlehem. Okay. I yeah. will, I will pick that up. Yeah. I, um, Joan Didion really anything by her except her fiction's weird, but anything mm-hmm. like all of her nonfiction, very good. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, huge reputation. And I dated a girl from Sacramento. Oh. Um, and so like the Lady Bird connection, yep. it was just like a lot. Yeah. Right. It's just, just a lot. It's just a lot. She's not listening. Um, okay. The best, uh, the best teammates are the ones who blank. Come to Starbucks with me. Hell yeah. What an yeah. answer. Um, well, I'm going to this. That's our, that's our show. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate you you taking the time. And it's really nice to reconnect. I know, uh, yeah. Stay in touch years. for sure. Um, yeah, wasn't this way easier than like, <laughs> just like talking to an old friend? Well, I love this so much more than like I hate I hate like a text to meet up or like to mm. catch up. Everyone should just do podcast episodes, really catch up. You're good for yeah. years. Not yeah, that we won't talk for a couple years. Produce but. content. Yeah, exactly. Um, Have a purpose. Uh, yeah, 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 and hopefully I can perform it. I think Portland has helium, a helium yeah. out there. Yeah, uh, so maybe one day that'll be in. Oh my gosh, that'd be cards. awesome! I'll give you tickets uh, to a game if you give me tickets to a show. Yeah, oh, tickets to a show is piece of cake. Perfect. Uh, that's what they pay us. Piece of cake. I get family. Family wants it for free every game. Emily, you're you're wonderful. Good luck with the season. I will be watching. Um, rooting for you. Um, and love to your your incredible family. They're like the best people. Yeah, I'll let them know you say, hey, they'll be jealous. They'll listen cool. for sure. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. I'll talk yeah. to you later. All right, folks, that was my interview with the incredible, talented, the wonderful, the very good Emily Mangus. If you want to know more about Belle Esprit, her literary magazine, please follow them on Instagram. Uh, they're wonderful. That's linked in the description of the show. I know I'm going to check them out and just stay involved in, uh, in Emily's life root for her this season as she, uh, has another professional soccer career season. Isn't that exciting? She's moving to right center back. So we're all learning and we're all growing two final things. One, just another shameless plug for Gabe time. Please check that out on IGTV. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, And one really, really important thing, which is that Emily and I didn't get a chance to talk about it during the episode, but Emily's also heavily involved in the I'm Not Done Yet Foundation, which remembers her younger brother, brother, Bobby, who passed away a few years ago from cancer. And Bobby was just an incredible person that everyone loved very much. He did the marching band with Mr. Seneca. Mr. Seneca has nothing but beautiful things to say about Bobby. He was a great kid. And the foundation, as you might expect, does incredible work because it's run by an incredible family with love and spirit and all the things that make life worth living. So please check out the I'm Not Done Yet Bobby Mangus Foundation. 
There's a link to it at the bottom. Folks are shaving their heads. Folks are raising money. Folks are doing, doing the work. So please check that out too. And thank you for listening, everybody. I really appreciate all of you. Have a good day. Mm-hmm.